Network's Corona Borealis with your local time and weather. As always, it's going to be a great big beautiful tomorrow. W Hello my friends and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 349 for the week of February 2nd, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, my special events, Walt Disney World trivia books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at WDWRadio.com. So this week, we're going to celebrate the seventh anniversary of WDW Radio with a live recording taken during last week's event. We'll reminisce about our favorite segments, interviews, moments, events, and more, and talk about where we've gone and what may be coming next. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned for some quick updates and announcements at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. In some ways, February 11th, 2007 seems like it was a lifetime ago, because that was when the very first six-minute-long yet awfully painful episode of WDW Radio took place. I had been podcasting since early 2005 on an old show called Mouse Tunes. Anybody? Mouse Tunes? <laughs> few people actually listened back then. And February 11th, WDW Radio was born. And this weekend, uh, I am so thrilled to be joined here at Disney's Old Key West Resort for what is the seventh anniversary celebration of the show. So first of all, to everybody who is here, all of my friends, I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Over the past few years, thanks to the inspiration and the perspiration and help of people like Christy Visaki, who said, Lou Mangello, people want to celebrate with you WDW Radio, which in her mind meant, we're going to have you do crazy things in the parks for people to watch and vote on. So. And you all love it, don't you? It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so thank you for that. And so the, yeah, this, is we wanted, this year we wanted to do a little something else and have sort of a seventh anniversary celebration. Not just them sort of watching what... Me and Glenn and Scott and you and Tony and Becky did in the parks, but uh, sort of a, a way to sort of just get together and share this. So I threw out a little bit of a red herring. I sort of announced this as a much bigger venue and then uh, quickly closed ticket sales to do something a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate. So tonight we are uh, we're trying something new, which I really kind of dig. Um, we have a, a beautiful two-bedroom villa here at Disney's Old Key West Resort. Thank you to being sponsored by MEI Mouse Fan Travel. Can I keep this for the whole year? Because I really like this a lot. These are sweet. These are sweet things. So we have some food. We have some drink. And I was really hoping tonight that you guys would help me reminisce. uh, Partially because I want to hear things that you like and you remember from the past seven years. And mostly because a lot of the past seven years is quite a blur to me. We've been talking a little bit beforehand. And people said, oh, do you remember such and such? And I had completely forgot about moments that made us laugh and made us cry and made us laugh even harder. So I want you guys, and look, the first person to laugh at there is Glenn Whalen. You're one of the people that I've known here 
the longest, and I'm going to apologize in advance if I start getting all sentimental and weepy, but when I met Glenn, it's actually a funny story. I was still living in New Jersey, and I had, as I was wont to do, like twice a month, I had flown down to, for an air quote research trip, <clears throat> and I got an email from somebody who's like, hey man, I'm in town too, I just moved here, my name is Glenn, I'm originally from Tennessee, I'd love to get together. I had never done like a meetup, there was no, like, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, none of that stuff back then. So I was like, all right. He goes, yeah, why don't we meet up for dinner at Wolfgang Puck in downtown Disney? Or we'll just meet up and say hi or whatever. We'll meet in downtown Disney. And I'll never forget, I got in my rental car. I was driving from Orlando Airport. And as I was pulling into downtown Disney, I called my oh-so-very supportive wife and said, listen, I'm going to meet this guy. I have no idea who he is. All I know is his name is Glenn, and he's from Tennessee. So if you don't hear from me for a few hours, call the police with that information. <laughs> Needless to say, I, I barely survived. Exactly, but we did eat a lot. We did eat so. as, and as what was going to sort of continue to be our tradition, um, you did not you know, put chloroform over my face. We just would go out and eat for hours on end. Correct. We began a theme of eating too much very often. And somebody who I was able to meet <clears throat> completely sort of randomly through the show has become one of my best friends. So I am totally blessed by that. And a lot of people in the room, too. Beatrice Feeney, I've known since we were talking before, since 2005. You've got some wonderfully unflattering pictures of old fat Lou, which I really appreciate you sharing with the, with the crowd. Um, who else do? Christy, I've known for years. Becky, I've known for what seems like an eternity. Um, nice. We met, too, back in 2005-ish. Yeah. Magic Meets. And uh, it was the beginning... Oh, my God. And she's showing pictures on her iPad of, of things like the Adventures Club. Yeah. And it was the beginning of a beautiful partnership. And who would have known a beautiful friendship as well? Oh. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll reverse that later. They can't right see me rolling my eyes, which is awesome. Of course, Capos is here videotaping it. So uh, let's start off simply, right? Because I was sort of trying to think on the way here. Like in the past seven years, again, I've made like incredible friendships, right? So much has happened over this time. And it didn't really impact me about how long I've been doing this until at the meet of the month last week, a woman came up to me with her son who was maybe 13, 14, goes, oh my God, we've been listening for so long. My son grew up on your podcast. And I went, oh God, I am old, aren't I? <laughs> but I thought about how much I've, I've seen and done and experienced and been blessed with um, during this time. Because you know, I started doing the show and I continue to do the show First and foremost, because I'm a Disney fan, right? I love this place. I still believe that there is something truly magical about coming here. And that's why I do the show that I do. It's why I do such a positive show. And as a fan, I've gotten to see so much. I've met so many incredible people. Glenn and I were talking before about some of the things that we got to see when we were doing like videos and stuff together and, and backstage things and the electrical water pageant, uh, sorry, the, um, the major electrical parade and stupid, ridiculous amounts of really, really good food at some of the events that they would have here. And I know when we get to sort of talking about some of our, our favorite memories, I know exactly where it's going to go first. But I started thinking about some of my favorite shows. A lot of you guys tonight were asking, like, well, what was your favorite episode? And I'm like, I don't know. What are we up now? 349-ish, somewhere around there. So it's like 350 <clears throat> podcasts, not including the newscasts and the live broadcasts and the videos, and the special events, plus all the mouse tune stuff. So, you know, you got to figure 500-plus shows. It really is a blur to me. So help me a little bit first, right? And then I'll tell you about some of maybe my, my favorite segments and my favorite guests. But does anybody have any shows that they sort of think about are ones that they really enjoyed, episodes that they really liked or were funny or remember? Or is nobody, who, who here actually has listened to the show before? Nobody raises their hands. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews from the Peanut Gallery. Deanna Mangello says Julie Andrews. Why? Because she's my favorite. <laughs> favorite, or is that the only interview you've ever listened to? That's pretty much the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know it's funny because I think for a lot of people, that is maybe the only one they listen to. Because like for me, you know, again, I got to meet so many amazing like imagineers and artists and people whose work I admired. And eventually became friends with. And for me, what, all right, we're talking about interviews. Like Richard Sherman was a really big deal for me. Like when I talked to Richard Sherman and I cleared the house and I, I was talking to him, and uh, 
and I made him cry. I was like, oh my God, this is podcast gold. I was like, still, this is like the guy that wrote the theme songs from my childhood. And he right? sang happy birthday to our daughter. Just remember that when you're 18. Remember that I got Richard Sherman to sing happy birthday to you when you're 18 and you say what a bad father I am because I won't let you go to the prom. Um, <laughs> but like I would tell people, oh, I interviewed Richard Sherman. And unless you're sort of in the Disney space, you might not know the name. But my mom knows who Julie Andrews is. And when I interviewed her, she was so lovely and sweet and elegant and graceful. And I will never forget when she goes, oh, Lou. And I was like, Mary Poppins just said my name. (laughs) That for me was like the coolest moment ever. And I cried, like I did. I got choked up at the end. So favorite guest, favorite segment, favorite episode, anybody? Christy Visaki. My favorite is the top 10 smells of Walt Disney World. <laughs> Largely because I've always had favorite smells, and I thought I was, like, really weird. I wouldn't tell anybody. It has nothing to do with the amount of weirdness that you have. but No, but I, I realized it's not just me. Like, I really knew then that there's something special about this group of people and that I can walk in and smell the Polynesian lobby and know there's all kinds of people who also wish this could be made a little candle scent. Because it, <laughs> it just makes you feel like you're home. And that, I love that episode. I remember suggesting that to Tim, and he's like, smells? He's like, do you mean like good smells or bad smells? I was like, you interpret this, and that's how we do top tens. I'm like, you interpret the seg- the topic I give you however you want. And when we were recording it, <clears throat> I'll never forget, I was like, all right, nobody else is going to understand this. I was like, I'm the only freak in the world. When I said the musty sm- water smell in Pirates, I'm like, nobody is going to know what I... I will tell you that I have never gotten so much feedback as when I was like... Mention the musty water. Anybody else get the musty water smell? Everybody raises their hand, right? The monorail smell when it's kind of hot and kind of wet. Not the best, right? But see, like, you have that thing. Like, you've got the thing that you get, and you, like you said, you know that you're amongst like-minded people because you could like, I know that smells of the Polynesian. I know that. Who said Spaceship Earth? I did. Right? So the, the Rome burning smell in Spaceship Earth. Give me another one. You're not a freak. Give me a gun. I'm trying to think. Are you kidding? Popcorn on Main Street. But there are some things that are even like, they're un- dinosaur. Yeah, like the things that are uniquely Disney. And I think that's what it is. I think that kind of resonated with people where it was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I'm not the only one that, that realized that. We could talk about the Disney magic and our favorite attractions. But when you start talking about things that people feel is, because I know that feeling, right? I know that feeling when I first started my discussion forums back in 2004 when I started my first website and there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter and I started a discussion forum and the first night 29 people showed up. I remember going like, oh my God, there's 29 other dorks sitting in their basement that love Disney World as much as I do. No, he came upstairs running and said, oh my God, there's people listening to me. No, 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 that was the podcast. That was, so go back to the podcast, right? So that was fine. Like you, you write stuff online, there's other people that are reading it. But when I started podcasting in 2005, and I had a, a partner from Mousetunes at that time, it was brand new, right? Still, like, podcasts, not everybody knows what a podcast is, but back then, it wasn't in iTunes. It was hard to find. It was, it was even harder to sort of create one. And I was like, do we really think anybody's going to listen? But we've got to try it, right? Because it's such more, so much more of a powerful medium. And friends of mine who were not sort of in the Disney space realizing that there was a community of people out there were like, wait a minute. Like... I'm starting to get the fact that you sit in your basement and you write about Disney World and you do what. But like, now, wait a minute. You're going to tell me that you're going to sit in front of your computer and talk to yourself about Disney World for an hour a week and pray that somebody finds it and listens to it. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you're a freak. And I'm like, yeah, but there's more people out there. And the first week when, you know, like 290 people, you know, whatever it was that number was, in the first week I was like, oh my God, like there's other people that like care about what I'm talking about. And then we saw sort of how this audience has sort of grown over the years too. So in 2005, when I met you, I thought that I was the only Disney freak in the world. And I come down to Disney World and you have this trivia meet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going up there because I'm going to smoke everybody. And I was like, 
the dumbest person up there. I knew nothing. Everybody else was faster than me, and they all had the right answers. And I'm like, where the heck am I? <laughs> I've never been in this world. <laughs> yeah, you met James. I did. I met James. He was fabulous. And everybody knew everything. And I was like, wow, I got to come back and meet these people again. <laughs> but didn't you find that you like instantly connected with it? Because it wasn't a matter of your score, right? It was like, these people love this kind of stuff as much as I do. Oh, it was wonderful. And we did just so many different meets, and we were all talking about the things we loved about Disney. And I had never been in a conversation with other people who loved it as much as I did. And the whole, just the years since then, those numbers of people have just grown. And it's, it still amazes me to this day. But, I mean, I totally thought at that moment I was going to go up there and just smoke it all. And I'm like, whoa, there are other people. And... I was nowhere even close to what they were and what they knew. But everybody's always been, and I think I consider myself very fortunate and very blessed. I mean, this is a perfect example. And the cruises that we've done, the events we've done, and just the meets of the month and people, like this community, this family that I've sort of referred to from the very beginning, everybody is so friendly and so welcoming. And even though you might be competing against trivia, like you instantly sort of connect with, with these people, right? That's why I hug Lots of laughter, lots of hugs, sweaty and otherwise, right? That was on my list. I'm sure sweaty hugs is going to get there. All right, so we were talking about favorite episodes, um, the, we, the top ten smells. Uh, and I love doing the top ten, too, because I think people like, well, sort of, they like being able to sort of hit some of those things that might be on the list. Marion Rose Mangello, your favorite episode. I'm so scared. Uh, I like the one where you were at Baby Cakes and you stood on top of the chair <laughs> and you're like, hey, everybody, Richard Sherman is coming on a cruise. And you're like, what? Who's that guy? <laughs> See, that for me was a big, that was your what? Oh, your favorite smell? It's not my favorite, but the Animal Kingdom smell. Oh. Where's Billy Latta? Animal Kingdom smell. Uh, anybody else a favorite episode or a favorite interview? Somebody that you really enjoy? Everybody had one before. Now that I start recording, nobody's raising their hand. The abandoned places in Walt Disney World and what like has been and what could be. That was a great episode. I just love thinking about the possibilities. Reminiscing, of course, you know, going back to Epcot, talking horizons always and whatnot. But what now is there and what could come? Um, I think it definitely sparks something in all of our minds when we listen to that and we engage that type of a conversation. And that was cool, too, because for people who maybe had not seen some of those places, uh, it was cool for them to, I think, to, to hear what they were and then imagine what they might so Who else had their... Well, it's not, not a single episode, but uh, I like all the sequences with Jim Corcus. I think those have been really, really good. I know there was a particular one where um, it talked about the um, Pinocchio Village House, and I was really surprised. I was amazed, you know, at the, at the things I learned from that episode that you walk right by every time you go in there and you don't even realize. Yeah, I just wish Jim knew a little more, you know, the guy. <laughs> I wish he knew how to tell a tale and, and really tell a story because... Um. Richard Sherman aside, I, I love the live restaurant reviews. I love them. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's like you're I'm really, not the one like, who talks about food, see? It's like you're really there, and especially if you're looking for something new to try or revisit an old favorite, I mean, you could, you're there because the way that you're tasting the food and, you know, the sounds you make when you're eating. <laughs> I mean, honestly, no, no, but seriously, yeah, it's like yummy sound. It's like you really want to be there, like with all of you, and just it's it makes a difference in the trip planning and an excellent experience because the food is just as much a part of anything in Disney as any attraction. Girlfriend, I'm with you. Especially when you're working out while you listen to that. And and you actually hit on a point because I made a very deliberate choice when I first started the show and. Deliberate choice, meaning I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew, and this is where the Jersey in me is going to come out. I've always wanted the show to feel like I was, you who was listening, I want you to feel like you're sitting at a table with a bunch of friends just talking about Disney World. I didn't want to feel like I was talking at you or sort of broadcasting a message to you. I wanted you to feel like that. And so appropriately enough, the first person I want to go over to is Glenn, because I will tell you that still to this day, one of my favorite experiences, one of my favorite shows, and oh my God. It was so good we wept. Three and a half hours. Three and a half. The night that we went to do a live review at Blue Zoo, with, even though Scott was there, it was awesome. But Scott doesn't eat most of the stuff, so that left a lot more for us. Yeah. But so he had some of my tuna, which I was a little disappointed. That's, yeah, that was a little disappointing, but nothing else was disappointing that entire evening. And I do love 
every one of those uh, food reviews. One of the other things that you sort of touched on, and I think it's a bigger picture thing that I really enjoy, is that when you talk to someone like a Ron Cohey or uh, someone who works maintenance backstage or something, and you talk to them for half an hour and you find out that there really is something to these cast members out there, and you get a little bit of magic and, and walking around with the guy who's, who created the artwork on a napkin and have him say, well, I drew this thing. You know, it really is a, that's a great thing for me. It brings it, 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 it it's awesome. I'm, I'm all choked up. <laughs> and, and I've always liked to, um, to talk to some of those guys, right? Like Ron Coey is a great example. Brian Blackmore, Alex Mayer, Mark Seppola, uh, uh, Alonzo Mark, guys whose names you have no idea who they are, right? Because I think that everything that we experience in Walt Disney World is part of a story, and it's a piece of art that they don't get to put their names on. So I always just sort of concern that someone might see the episode and be like, oh, interview with artist Brian Blackmore. And I'm like, well, who's Brian Blackmore? Why should I bother listening? But they all have a story to tell, right? Their journey about how they got there. And then when you find the stuff that they create, whether it was a napkin or, oh, by the way, I designed the Mickey on the bow of the Disney dream. Or when the bus goes by, like, that's my Mickey. Like, all of a sudden, you get a new appreciation for who they are. And I, and I think, too... Those stories tend to inspire people, those people who want to work for the company, right? Whether it's college program or they want to be Imagineers or whatever it is, it hopefully inspires them a little more to know that there is no sort of set path to get here, to sort of not sort of get all Lou on you, but to sort of follow your dream and do what you love. And, and hearing the stories from them, I, I think, is, is awesome as well, too. Mine definitely has to be the DSI investigations, which the history and details of each of these attractions they all really came from stories from Imagineering, which really works a lot over the past seven years, and it was really magnificent. The idea has always been to, I want you to slow down, right? I, I, don't, I, I get frustrated when I see people running to attractions and getting their fast pass plus, plus, yeah, and, and bypassing the queue, because I think that's where a lot of the detail is, and I think so many people miss a lot of the story that's there, and I think they, I want to have them have a deeper appreciation of the parks by either doing a DSI or a history segment, or getting some of the uh, Imagineers or artists on. Yeah, right. That's what they tend to do, is you bring the story forward to people who think about Disney as a theme park. They go, they have chicken nuggets, they run around and they go on attractions, but you can engage other people to really enjoy Disney for what it is, which is the, the full story and the full um, immersement, which is something that you bring to the listeners, which a lot of people don't. And you help, too. You've, you've helped out over the past, I guess maybe it's been seven years. Seven years. Seven years in October. You know, I, and one of the things that's always seven worked well for years. seven of long of pure <laughs> bliss. It's like having two wives and two mothers at all times. It's so painful, but you bring so much value in helping people plan their vacations, and that's why it's always been so great. And I still remember, and God, I would love to play it, I still remember that very first episode that you were on. And you, Becky was so nervous, and she was so quiet. I, it was so much nicer back then. She did. She was like the Scott Otis of segments. Like she sat in the corner and didn't say very much. And now you can't shut him up. Okay, but see, remember what I was telling you about the second show, the second show we ever did, where I was, I had no on the first show. I didn't know this guy. I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea what you were going to say to me. What? How are you going to embarrass me? No clue. Got through the first one, so I'm thinking, shoot, good, I lived. And then the second show came along. Am I that bad of a guy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, the second show came along, and you came out of the woodwork and zinged me about something. And I'm thinking, I don't know this guy, and what should I do? Should I, should I, what should I, should I respond? Should I not respond? Should I, what should I? And you can tell in the show, there's like this delay of maybe, to me, it seemed like hours, but it was probably four or five seconds, and... I kind of threw one right back at you. And then you kind of, well, I could feel that, okay, this is how it's going to play. All right. So the, so the mistake I made was letting it just go on and continue. But it's been Pretty a much. lot of fun. But it's been, it's been fun. And again, the idea, too, is we have fun. And we want people to feel like they're sitting there with us wherever it is that we are. But, you know, we're giving them value, too. We're giving some content. We're, giving them, we're answering the questions that they particularly have about Well, one of the things something. you do with your show, though, is you bring not just answers to the questions about the parks or, yeah, the food or the accommodations, but then you go into the history and the story and the pieces. And there's so – you cover so much that it's going to um, bring something to anybody, whatever their interest is. Imagination never dies. There you go. All right. Anybody else? Favorite topic, favorite segment, favorite interview? 
It's not just one show, but the uh, Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World you did in the really early days, oh, those were right. awesome. That actually carried over from Mouse Tunes. I think the first, because people were like, hey, man, there's only been six. I'm like, yeah, I think the first one was Spaceship Earth from Mouse Tunes. Yeah, and Spaceship Earth was actually one of my favorites that you ever did. Like, just the history of that attraction was just, it was an awesome show. So I wonder if now, nine years later, I need to revisit the Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. Like, what actually qualifies as a wonder of Walt Disney World? Um, I believe this was the first thing that really got me hooked. Um, it was actually a video, and you turned it into an episode, but the quest for the best and the snacks in Hollywood Studios was the video. <laughs> and I like that because it helped me look at Hollywood Studios differently because I thought, oh, I'll just go ride Tower of Terror, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, learn to appreciate the little stuff. Like in that little that carrot cake cookie, I'm like, oh, wow. I would have never found that if I didn't listen to that episode. And in all of your other episodes, you always have us look up, look at the little details, and I started doing that after I listened to your episodes, and each one has some kind of little, hey, did you know this is in the shop, and look up, and learn to appreciate the little things, and we both do that now. Yes, we do. So, yeah. <laughs> and the videos sort of took things to a whole other level for me, too, because now, as powerful as the audio stuff was, now I sort of put myself out there on camera. And the idea was not that you're watching me. Like, I wanted people who couldn't get down there to feel like I was standing in your stead. Like I was trying to connect you to the experience. You're not watching me. You're watching where I am. And look, if I had to eat a carrot cake cookie or six to take one for the team, then I was happy to do it for you. Um, and I will tell you, in, in terms of videos, the, the quest for the best snacks uh, are some of my favorites. Or they used to be Fat Lou's favorites. But I will tell you that I still think that one of my favorite videos, and John, I know you are like... It, I just went to the park one day and I was struck by a cast member, I think her name was like Doris or Dolores, on Main Street USA, and the parade's going by, and she is out there, man, she is just like giving it like 500%, and like she was awesome, and I just found myself smiling. And I took my camera out, and I turned it around, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna talk about the things in the Magic Kingdom that make me happy. And I had no plan, I had nothing in my mind, and I just sort of turned the camera around and walked around. And I think that's what it sort of boiled down to on its most simplest level. Like, these are just the things that, like, I like talking about the things that make us happy about going to this place. Some people call me, you know, they call me a lot of things, but they say, I look through at this place through rose-colored grass, glasses or, or, you know, there's reasons why. I, I like talking about the things that simply make us happy. You don't want to hear about the negative stuff, right? When you're stuck up in the snowpocalypse and you can't get down here, like, you want to think about the things, the reasons why you love this place, the reasons why... You feel this place is somewhat magical. Uh, so, right, we've talked about some of our best, our favorite segments. Anybody else? Favorite segment, favorite interview? Anybody else? Brown. Samantha yes. Brown. Who, by the way, great hugger. Love Samantha Brown. <laughs> you do the book clubs, and we got reading the Kingdom Keeper series with um, the grandkids, and it drew, they're already Disney nuts anyways, but it drew everybody closer, and now we look forward to them all coming out, but that's because of you. Well, thank you. And it's funny you mentioned Kingdom Keepers because Ridley Pearson came on the last cruise. Again, I didn't know him beforehand. You know, I saw that this book had come out, Kingdom Keepers. We were still back in New Jersey. I don't even remember, 2005, six. And uh, I interviewed him via Skype when he was living in China. And the guy has become not just, you know, somebody I like having on the show, but he's become a, a good friend, you know. And, like, that for me has been, like, such a, a great blessing from all this. All right, so we've got favorite segments, favorite interviews, um, favorite dining reviews, man. It, it's hard to really top blues. I will tell you that anybody listen to the one recently with Emma at the UK? Yes. Oh my God, we had so much fun. And I could just listen to her and the server talk in those funny little accents all day long. Um, it's funny, I can have your episode, you know, like the other day, I, have, I can have your episodes playing in, in my car or something. And my, and my friends are listening, but all they hear is somebody go, going, Mm, oh my god, this is so good! What are you listening to? What is this? <laughs> like, what, what on earth are you? I'm like, no, 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 no! It's about Disney World, really. It's about. <laughs> um, this is a segment, but I like the one, the sixth anniversary one, where you first introduced mystery tickets and you gave like other people things, and it made us, it made other people happy. Well, oh. Speaking about things that make you happy. Speaking about things that make so things like sixth anniversary, things like this. Um, what about events? Like, who else has come to some of the other events that we've had over the past few years? Um, that was something I, you know, so much of what I do now is was never on the radar. 
right? When I wrote my first trivia book, man, I thought that was the end game. I never thought that I would be doing this. But thanks to help like, from great partners like Becky, we have had some pretty amazing events over the past few years. Whenever I say events, the st- hey, look, we've had some incredible cruises. Who's cruised with us before? Who? Nice. Yeah. They can't hear you raise your hands, by the way. So feel free to... Um, there's actually people here, I swear. Um, the cruises have been awesome, right? And, and, you know, the first time that we had 500 people come on the Dream, I was like, we caught lightning in a bottle, right? We got lucky. Like, 500 people, Beatrice, like you said, everybody got along, everybody had a good time. Everywhere you went, there was a yellow lanyard. I was like, that'll never happen again. And then it happened again and again. But when I think about events, I think about the Adventures Club. I think about renting out the Adventures Club the night before it closed and them sort of putting on that show just for us. That was like the beginning of... I want to do something special, like, for and with all my friends. That was our very first event that you and I did together. And I remember you looking at me when I said, I've got this idea. And you said, this is a great idea. Can you really pull it off? (laughs) Kind of look at me. Like, yeah, we can do this thing. We really can. And that was a great night. And I've got some great pictures. My favorite is the one of you and Glenn singing to the staff. Glenn was singing. Yeah, I know. Thankfully, because that would have been painful. But uh, it was... It was an incredible night. It really was. And we had some challenges that a lot of people didn't realize that we had. And I'm in the background, and I'm moving you from one room to another, and you're it looking like crazy. Seamless. As long it as did. it looks seamless. Who else? Anybody else? Are there other events that you've been to that you really enjoyed? You can either bark it out, or I'll come over to you. 200th episode party at the boardwalk. That seems that like cool. ages ago. That was in December of 2010, and I came to that and I told you I just moved here. So that was such a special time for me because I had known you over the years and you didn't know I'd moved here. And I met Jim Corcus at that party. And I was just, that was huge. God, I remember that. And again, 200 episodes, like it was 150, however long ago. You know, I love the New York City and New Jersey meet, but but my but my favorite because it's not a it's not a WWE radio meet unless the police show up. Exactly, exactly. But my favorite event was the e-ticket dinner that just happened in October. The um, great movie ride that was so phenomenal. Oh my God! Thank you so much. It was awesome. And the idea with something like that was like an adventures club because when we go and we start talking about events for next year. Like, we're already talking about things for this year, next year. Becky's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't want to do just something, like, I want to do something that's going to knock people's socks, something that you could not do otherwise. And that's why things like the Adventures Club and who came to the American Adventures Club event. That happened once, never happened again. We rented out the American, we rented out the American Adventure and we told them how much we loved that show, the guys from Disney Entertainment, and they're like, Really? Like, yeah, I saw you. I saw that look. What does that mean? Like, well, we had this idea, and they told us, and we're like, let's do it. And from what I understand, they have not done it ever again. And, yeah, things like the great movie ride and other stuff that we're planning. Um, I, would do, I would do great movie ride again. Like, that's how much I enjoyed it. You're going, yes, they're saying do it. However, talking about events, I want to go back to the cruise for a second. Because there were two things in particular that struck me. The first one, of course, was having Richard Sherman perform for just us on board the ship, which was amazing. But remember when he looked down and he saw the empty chair? And he said, this is so fitting because my brother would have been sitting there. That was like, I was in tears at that moment, and that was very difficult because I kind of wiped them away as fast as I could. But I think the other one, though, my favorite, one of my... One of my top seven favorites was when I know it was great because it was that very first one where I got to walk up and put my arm around you after I had completely had you freaked out that we were almost done with our time and we had to get out of that theater because they needed the theater. But no, we had something else planned for you. And you completely the things that you said in my ear when I gave you that hug, I will never repeat. But to know that we pulled that off between Tony and your wife and I, and Glenn, of course, had a wonderful piece of the roast, too. But the roast on board the ship was one of the things that I will walk away with as a favorite memory. And I never saw it coming. I know you didn't, which was right? great. And for those people who are going, well, Lou, for the love of God, would you post the roast? I'm going to post the roast, and I'm going to post Glenn's video, yes. right? Because Glenn couldn't make it. I will tell you, as frightened as I was, like, all right, how bad could it really be? 
as scared as I was to see Tony Caggiano with a clicker in his hand, <laughs> to see my wife with a script in her hand, to sca- and then my brother came up, and there's Italian boy shorts, and it just, it just went far off the rails after that. Um, fortunately, I think that could probably never happen again, and then Glenn, who couldn't be there, made his, uh, his Being Lou Mangello video, which, <laughs> which was very interesting, to say the least. And, and I was very touched, right? The fact that you guys did that for me, um, and that those poor people in the, in the studio had to sit there and listen to it. Was... But the fact that you never saw it coming, because you were, the, you were the person that's always like a half hour, I have to be there a half hour before anything happens, because I have to make sure it's done. And I'm calling Tony to, get, to make sure that he goes to breakfast and goes nowhere near where we're trying to, to rehearse, which turned into an interesting battle between people. I mean, it was, it was a, a comedy of errors, and it turned out beautifully. Revenge is a dish best yeah. served cold. That's all I have to say. Uh, anybody else? Other special events? Favorite events? Meets the, who comes to Meets of the Month? Has ever been to a Meet of the Month? Those are still some of the things that I, that I like doing the best um, because as much as, you know, everything I do is sort of a, a push conversation, right? The podcast is a one-way conversation and the videos are a one-way conversation. And yeah, we connect on Facebook and Twitter and things like that and even the, the live shows in, in the box on Wednesday nights. I, I do believe nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Like, I'm very much an in-person kind of guy. And that, for me, is like I want everybody to feel like they are welcome and that they are a part of my family and that they can bring their kids. Like, I've always, like okay, bring your kids. I've always done a show that's completely 100% family-friendly. I just believe that it should be accessible to everybody. It goes back to that idea of Walt Disney. When a bus driver emailed me once and said, you know what, I love the fact that your show is family-friendly because I play it on the bus for the students every morning, I was like, I will never, ever make sure that there's something that somebody has to worry about. Except in nine years of doing this, I had to edit one interview. Oddly enough, not Becky Mankin. I had to interview one... I had to to, um, edit one interview... For something that would potentially not have been family friendly appropriate, does anyone know who that was? Scott, <laughs> say it. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Oh my God. Alice, Alice Davis. Alice Davis. She told a story about um, an appendage on the pirate, and it's still it's no. It actually was not a small world. Um, and I had to. Um, Are you going to edit this part out? <laughs> I'm dancing so. Trepidatiously around the uh, the precipice. So, so all right. Looking at other events, though, is it okay if I mention the craziness that was you running up on the cruise thing, going oh, before we before you went up on stage? You stopped at me. You said, "I've got the best idea," and off you went with the microphone on the stage. You said, "We're going to do a forty hour show." Oh my god! What was I thinking? What were you it's, thinking? Well, the uh, so we had done a twenty four hour. So I've been doing the again to so the live broadcasts actually started from my basement, right? The most interesting place I could think to do it back in 2007. The fact that you guys are laughing on the corner frightens me so much, I know. Thank God you're not recording in that corner. But back in 2007, um, I discovered a new technology and software that allowed me to, from my desktop computer... Or car or car, I could broadcast, we'll get to that, I could broadcast not just audio, but live video. And I was like, wow, like, the podcast is great, but this gives me, like, instant access, and they could get in the chat room, and I said, I've got to try this. So I told my oh-so-very-supportive wife, I said, listen, I'm going to try this new thing out, nobody's going to tune in, I'll be done in, like, ten minutes, whatever, we'll see. And And I had a discussion forum back then, and I posted on the forum, so I'm going to try this new thing. And so she says to me, goes, wait a minute. She goes, you're going to sit downstairs in front of your computer with the video camera on and talk to yourself and hope that people tune in? I said, yeah. She goes, you're a freak. She goes upstairs and said, I'll be up in 10 minutes. Eight hours later, you came downstairs. And she goes, what are you doing? I, I thought I heard you talking through, like, the ductwork. She's like, who are you? T-? I'm like, they're still here. And eight hours later, they were sitting there watching me talk to myself in my basement in New Jersey. And it's really from there that the box was born. You know, that's where the, sort of the box... I mean, I think the, sort of by name, they were born at the Pacific Northwest meet. Right. When I was like, yeah, you guys are sort of living in my box. You're living in this computer. So I don't know if I am the box or they are the box, but who is a box person? Who has ever watched a live broadcast? 
it really and is. It's a cat. It's a, and a cat. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got a whole other level of thing going on right there because... She's upset that she's not here at Disney right now. You know, I'm huge in the feline community. Uh, Especially Smokies. Yeah, the fact that, that um, Beatrice's cat watches and, and other people say they broadcast it on like the 60-inch TV, which sort of weirds me out just a little bit, is... Uh, yeah, think, so you do? That's so strange. That's so strange. But is that what it is? Is it just the idea of... Like you feel like you're talking to a friend or you're just talking. Because a lot of times it's not even about the news, right? It's just sort of talking about like anything that kind of comes up, right? Yeah, I mean like I've made so many friends and like Beatrice and Grace and just people that like I didn't know anybody when I came down to Florida. And now I've made a million friends from the box. Like we, when they're coming down on vacation, we make a time to meet up. This way we can see each other and it's just, it's been awesome. Yeah. And you know, you and... You inspire us. You make us want to be together. And I remember D23 Expo box weekend, right? I mean, I was bringing food to my computer, and I didn't want to leave it. And the coverage was so awesome. And I thought my husband would just look in the office every once in a while. I was stationed in our office, and he would say, are you okay? You know, know, are you still on there? And you just make us want to be together because you talk about what we all love. And, I mean, you should just know how much this we just all want to kind of – be together and hang out, and we're in, together in the box. It's amazing the friendships, not just, you know, when I do the, the meets of the month and stuff like this, it's not about people coming to meet me. It's about me getting to meet you, right? Because I'm sort of talking at you, but I think that you guys feel like you've known me, right? Because you, you hear me talk, and I come into your, you know, your headphones, your car, whatever, every week. But I like watching the dynamic of you guys meeting each other, and I've seen so many friendships form. I've seen two marriages come out of meets of the month, which I think is, is awesome, but I see the relationships that you guys have with each other, and, and that really inspires me. Like, I, I love to see that. Whether you just moved down to Florida or you transferred from somebody else, from somewhere else, or you're like, you just find the show and you're like, hey, I'm not alone. I want to go to a place where I can meet other Disney friends. Um, I, I think that's really cool. No, yeah. I thought you that's all. I that. <laughs> all right, so we talked about maybe some of our, our favorite shows, our favorite episodes, favorite segments, right? Top tens. You guys seem to like top tens and the history segments. Favorite events? No. Bye. Peace out. Thank you guys for coming. They're leaving for illuminations, not just... You're not leaving because you're bored. You're leaving because for illuminations. All right. I just want to be sure. You have fast pass. Oh, you have fast pass. Fast. Oh, did you take a cup? Okay. Thank you. Christy's a master of sermon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Bye, guys. 20... Twenty thousand more years. Twenty thousand. Just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'm not allowed. To, I, you sound like Becky. I'm not allowed to stop. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come out and, and for listening. Who was? Oh, right. Push the trash can. Yeah, Push came to visit. That was your first meet of the month as well, right? And he came over and did. That was like I think the first video I made. The first video. That's right. Yeah, I made a video for it. No, I think the first video that you did was T-Rex Cafe. Okay. When T-Rex Cafe opened up, and that was sort of our first sort of... What the, dipping we're our, doing, yeah. Like, what... Well, first of all, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> I still sometimes don't know what I'm doing, but we went, and that was kind of our first, like, event, and we're like... And there was just food, and we're like, wait a minute, this food is free? Like, we're allowed to eat, like, all the tuna appetizers we want? And we just kept looking at each other going, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Are you sure I'm just okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember... Going home, and my son, who was six at the time, loved nothing but dinosaurs. Not even that. Six, three, four? Well, he was in school, because I remember going to his school one day, and he goes, and the teacher goes, oh, so I understand you own T-Rex Cafe? Because that's how my son interpreted the video. Um, and other, what, so other videos we did. We did Characters in Flight. We did Characters in Flight. We did the uh, Electric Light Parade. We Which, did several... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Let the... the the Electrical Light Parade, when it was the Summer Nightastic Summer event, what was that, right? mm-hmm. 2008 maybe? Gosh. So we talk about like really cool moments. Yeah, some, that, that was fantastic being able to go, go up and touch the side of, of the dragon, you and know, you Elliot the dragon, and, and, and driving around in the floats, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. What a great experience. Yeah. And then you got to operate the the the, the, yes, the jib right. or the if you, if you do watch that video, it's still out there. There's a one point where I got to use their fancy camera rig. So I have a shot of Lou talking to um, Forrest was his name and then when you're done, the camera pans up and goes and hits on uh 
not hits on her, but. Uh, <laughs> so we obviously see what was in the mind of Steven Spielberg. Yes. He was like, focusing on Tinkerbell. It's Tinkerbell. He ends up on Tinkerbell and she waves yeah. too. So watch that video again and you'll see it. Oh, John is, right now he's all mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Capos has been doing videos for me. How long have you been doing it? No, it hasn't. Three years? Two years? Right? And so I, how did I meet you, right? You were doing like a paper or something for school. I'm an entrepreneur doing what they like to do, so. And you asked everybody else they weren't available, so you just came to me. Exactly. <laughs> and at, like we were finishing up, and, and I was like, oh, what do you like do for fun? And you're like, oh, I do video for, you know, for University of Florida, like basketball team. And I was like, I need some help with video. You want to help? And you're like, yeah. And I haven't been able to get rid of you since. Exactly. <laughs> so, Favorite video that we've done? Star Wars this year was a lot of fun interacting with the characters. I thought you just meant you like you like interacting with Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> Those are good videos too. He's he is blushing. He's making John blush. So, how about the video? Deanna, I just just when I Ash, it's all it's just for it's just for show. It's just for the I'm just doing it for the show. How about the video we can't find for some strange reason Which that, that? the Capos and I have been looking at for for a long time. When you and I went to Olani, before... I know not of what you speak. <laughs> I know not of what you speak. There is a hula lesson with you and Minnie that I... for quite some time. <laughs> well, you actually bring up something interesting, too. So the show is WDW Radio, mm-hmm. but look at how over the years like we've gone to like the Disney Cruise Line, we've gone to Disneyland, mm-hmm. we've gone to Aulani, D23 Expo. Destination D's. We're going back to Alani. We're going back. Oh, we are for research. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows where else we might go? I know. You know, there's other Disney parks. You know, there's lots of places. Look, look at Linda looking around. Like, what are you guys hinting and at? Not where? Just parks, but there's Disney fans all over the place too. So you kind of, kind of think. Yeah, about we started that. doing things on the road. Like we went to New York, New Jersey, and almost got arrested when the police. And just to be clear, the police came to Bryant Park because there was 220 of us, and they thought we were Occupy Wall Street. So, and I were like, officer, look at how we're dressed. Do we look like the Occupy Wall Street people? There's a lot of people wearing, wearing mouse ears. So, um, anybody else? Other things that you've done? Other things you've learned? Um, yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> well, there's a few, obviously, and I have a long list. But one thing I do want to make sure that, that gets on the show is not only the information that you've brought to people, the togetherness that you've brought, the um, the friendships, but. You and the box people and the fans have also done a lot of good with the dream team for Make-A-Wish. And one of my very favorite, fondest memories that I will have and hopefully will have again is when we had that opportunity to meet one of the Make-A-Wish families that all of the um, donations went to bring them here. To this day, that is one of the most um, rewarding feeling I have from being part of this community. And... Uh, that for me too, because when I, you know, the the whole thing about working with Make a Wish actually started um, when I was writing my first book. Um, my dad had just been diagnosed with prostate cancer, and I was writing and editing my book while uh, sitting waiting for him at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering. And I had seen a lot of um, we would walk by the, the pediatric pediatric ward, and it was very it really sort of hit me in my heart. So I made a decision at that point that I was going to take a portion of the proceeds from all the sales of my trivia books, and at the time. Uh, I was working with Starlight Starbright Foundation, eventually became uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. And then over time, you know, you and so many of you sort of were inspired by that and said, oh, I, I want to help too, right? And you, either you would fundraise on your own or make donations on your own. Um, I don't know where Christy went to. She's hiding. She's a, oh, see, she's, hi- she's hiding. Like all the Disney details, she's hiding in plain sight. Um, we started doing things like raffles and auctions and all these kind of amazing and you guys have been like incredible beyond words um, in what you've done in terms of what you've donated from your time and your money and the people from Disney like the artists who've donated their work um, and something else sort of sprang out of it too right uh, and back in 2007 I guess I was still doing mouse tunes and back at the time, the, the Walt Disney World Marathon really wasn't what it is today, right? It was an endurance event that marathon runners came to Walt Disney World to do just because it was held here in Walt Disney World. And I was reporting on it on the show, and I said, you know, I could do that one day. Maybe one day I'll do a, a half marathon. Someone dared you. No, I said I was going to do it, 
and he laughed at me. Right. And I was like, <laughs> and he laughed at me, and I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, okay, buddy, I'm going to do a half marathon. He's like, right. And you and I did not really train for it, and we did, in our funny-looking yellow shirts, um, we did a half marathon back in 2008. And Lewis and I never trained together, right. okay? And the way Lou runs is I pace myself, and he I runs. Think the way Lou runs no. is like a girl. No. <laughs> he runs real fast and then slows down. And then runs real fast no, no, no. and then slows down. Can I tell you what the secret is? And runs real fast and then slows down. This is, so, no, what you do is when you're running a marathon or a half marathon Let at Walt Disney your, World, you're, you're your right, you run when people can see you and you walk when you're backstage. <laughs> so you look like you're an athlete that's trained the whole time. You're like, so you sprint down Main Street and then when nobody can see you, you start walking again. Yeah. No, I know. Everybody's got their own style. Right, but from that, right, from the two of us and Steve, right, Steve, Steve Drew. And Steve didn't run, run with us. Right, but he ran. he ran. He ran that year. Then he started running with us. And you, that's when you met Valerie you. on Main Street. Right. So somebody who I met through discussion. Her. But from there, other people were like, well, hey, if Lou, who's got tiny little non-athletic legs, can run a half marathon, I could do it too. So some people were, <laughs> so some people said, well, I want to run too. So the next year, they're like, oh, we're going to run. And we were be out there cheering for them. Right. And somehow the WW Radio running team was born. Yeah. And it was like two people. Then 10 people, and then really kind of grew exponentially over the years. And now we've got, I don't runners, know what the. Walkers, we got runners, walkers, walkers woggers, joggers, joggers, wheelers, wheelers whatever maybe, that run everything from the 5Ks to the dopies. And you people are insane. I love you, but you are insane, by the way. Um, and we've got a couple of hundred people on the team from around the world yeah. who, the world. who you know, there's nothing better than seeing that. WDW Radio Blue, like yes. coming down, you guys run Blue together, Blue. You, you train together, um, you help each other out, you coach each other, like online on the Facebook page. But you guys have raised so much money. And like you said, Becky, you know, being able to meet those families that, you know, we don't ask a lot to be part of the running team, right? It's like $35 when you get your shirt and all that kind of stuff like that. And we say, look, if you can raise or donate $100, that's all we ask. It, 100% of it goes to Make-A-Wish Foundation. But since we started doing this, and the number is a little off, but it's about $250,000, right? right? Wow. That has gone all the way to Make-A-Wish Foundation America. So that is all you guys. That is all you guys. So um, does anybody else have anything? Okay. I will tell you when you're talking about running that the marathon weekend of 2012 was the reason, the only reason I ever would have started running. I truly am not, I, I always said I was not a runner. I don't know, I guess I can't say that now. <laughs> but at that point, when I saw that weekend of what that family went through on a day-to-day basis, and, you know, these kids that you think should be out playing in their yard with their other neighborhood kids are just fighting every day for life, and what Disney brought to them, the smiles and the magical moments that they had that meant so much more to them than, some of us that may have had it a little bit more often and don't deal with the things that they deal with every day. I came home from that marathon day and signed up for the princess in six weeks <laughs> and went from never running a mile to running a half a marathon in six weeks because I was so inspired. But I never, ever would have ran without being there that day. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing, you know, and, and when you get to see sort of the, the fruits of what you do in that family and, and how it impacts them and, and make a wish and, and give kids a world. They do an amazing job. And Disney is, is an incredible with, when they get to bring these kids down. And that was the idea, right? When I started raising money for make a wish, I didn't want to raise money for cancer research because I know those kids would never get to enjoy it, right? They would never start to experience the benefit of that. And I said, I want them to enjoy some of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying by, by writing the book, you know, and talking about a place um, that I love so much. And, and I like the fact that Things like the running team and Meet to the Month and the events that we do and the box and the show. And, like all those things have, have done more than I ever could imagine in terms of bringing people together, right? We all want to belong to something. We all want to belong to a, a family, a community, and that's really what you guys have created, right? It, it, this is not about me at all. You guys have created the box people. You guys created the running team. You created the relationships and the friendships that form. You know, so like when people say, oh, congratulations on, you know, you won it. That's not me. 
like you guys do that. Like you guys, you know, are, are the ones who who pull that together and make that happen. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. Anybody else? Anything they want to add? Oh, <laughs> shocker of shockers, Becky Mencken. Only because marathons. We were on that piece because I also want to applaud the people who get up. At the crack of dawn and go cheer on the runners you're, as well. You're applauding yourself. Is no, what you're saying. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you that there are, you know, you and I have done it over and over and over for several years, but there are a lot of people who join us, and they're crazy people, but they do. Because it's also some giving back. I mean, I get so much. I'm, I'm honored to be able to stand there and, and cheer on these people who are taking this on. That's not what you say when I pick you up at 245. <laughs> you pick me up at 230 in the morning. Yeah, okay, fine. But still. But some of... My favorite memories have also been born out of marathon weekends, like breakfast on a garbage can was born at marathon weekend. And it was actually you and me and your other wife over there who (laughs) actually had breakfast on a garbage can one year. But the other thing, I just want to warn anybody who ever gets in a car with you, especially during marathon, wear a helmet. Please Come wear a helmet. On. Listen, whose favorite putting moment was putting Ritz, on the Ritz buddy. in the car, right? <laughs> We've covered so many amazing Disney things, but for some reason you liked me singing putting on the Ritz like young Frankenstein during the 40-hour show. Why don't you give him a, a quick... Why don't we not? Why don't, why don't we not? We can do that. But, it, I mean, that's the thing. We've had such good times out of, like, the silliest moments, right? They weren't necessarily, you know, ru- what? What did you remember now? Just remember oh, the 24-hour show. Why, 24 hours was so easy compared to the 40. It really was. We could knock 24 hours out. We could do it tonight. Who wants no, to yeah, understand it? Let's do this thing. No, it's no, simple. <laughs> it's really simple. But remember at the end of one, maybe it was the end of the 40, but when we were totally dead and we headed back, we, we had rented a, a two-bedroom villa like this, <laughs> and we walked in. Looked at each other, made like a, a grunt noise. You went to your room, I went to mine. We were waiting for Tony to come to bring us meats and cheeses, and we didn't even hear him knocking on the door. So we ended up sleeping in the hallway outside of the door with the food <laughs> until you actually answered the door. So that's a backstage moment. But those little things uh, that are worth a lot of laughs that I, I cherish. I definitely cherish. Yeah, them. I think a lot of I've some never of the. Well, that's because Glenn was technically the only one who really stayed up all 40 hours. The guy who swore he wasn't going to stay up all 40 hours got, was it 20? Yeah, everyone made a big point of during the 40 of saying, we're all going to stay up, right? We're gonna, and I'm like, no way, I need my beauty sleep. So, and they're like, no, we're going to stay up. And I'm like, I'm not. So I went home to, to while everyone else was out running around. And ended up staying up. There was an issue going on at the house. By the time everyone came home, you all come in. You're exhausted. You hand me the box, and you all fall asleep. <laughs> That's because so Scott was talking about national parks, and he just knocked everybody out. So I ended up being up all 40 hours, and everybody else had And it was pretty tiring. <laughs> we had a good time with that, though. Favorite moment, Scott Otis. Scott Otis is here. Of, of the last seven, and I know there are many... <laughs> Favorite? No, not the incident. We will speak not of the incident in, in Norway. I can replay the incident. No, no, please don't. I mean, besides me also being up forty hours, let me think. You. <laughs> I don't know. There's too many. Um, gosh, there's so many. I mean, we've had lots of fun times, like being together at events and stuff like that. So that's where, like, I really got to know you at those kind of things, and then I became part of the family that way, I think. And uh, everyone's just so welcoming and and wonderful and fun and funny, and and I met Scott that way. Yay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh. Got to end like that? Um... Well, I, I can't thank all of you. Everybody who is here, um, everybody who is listening, everybody who has ever listened um, to five minutes or five hours or five years or seven years of WWE Radio. Um, I say it sincerely when I say I'm, I wake up every day and I feel like I'm the luckiest, most blessed man on the planet because I get up every day and I get to talk about what I love and share it with other people that genuinely care. Um, I don't get to meet all of you, right? But whether it's an email or a tweet or a Facebook post or finally getting to meet some of you guys face-to-face and the things that you say to me 
and the fact that you're here and the fact that people are listening to this, if you're still listening, um, means more to me than you could ever imagine. And I always say that, you know, if today was my last day, like, I led a really good life um, because of all of you and because of what you let me do. And, um, you know, I, I ask if you just keep listening and keep tuning in and spreading the word um, and remaining my friends, I will do this for as long as you will allow me to. So thank you for the past seven years. Um, they have been amazing. They have been the most incredible years of my life. Um, I love each and every one of you. You truly are my extended family, and I am grateful beyond words. So thank you. There's no more pizza rolls left? <laughs> Who wants to go to Sanaa? <laughs> Fat Lou is back! Oh, thank you. <laughs> for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see or even in what you hear. I'll then randomly select one winner from all the correct entries to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week it was all about what you hear in some of the attractions because I asked you where in Walt Disney World you could hear the line, the future is truly in the past. And that, of course, came from Dr. Marsh, played by Felicia Rajad, in Dinosaur. And again, hundreds of you answered. All of you seem to have gotten this one correctly. And this week's randomly selected winner is Alan Chatham. So, Alan, you win all six of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WDW Radio luggage tag, button, and a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book Volume 2. Send me your information. I'll send your package out to you. If you played last week, thanks so much. But don't worry if you didn't win, because here's your next chance in this week's Trivia Challenge. So this week, we'll go from Animal Kingdom back to the Magic Kingdom, where some of my favorite well-themed shops live. And one of my favorites is Sir Mickey's in Fantasyland. That was inspired by the cartoon Mickey and the Beanstalk from 1947. And what other Mickey Mouse cartoon? That's your question for this week. Tell me what other Mickey Mouse cartoon, in addition to Mickey and the Beanstalk, Sir Mickey's Shop in Fantasyland is inspired by? You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, February 9th, to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. In addition to the podcast, be sure to visit www.radio.com for our multiple daily blog posts, new videos, free email newsletter, and WDW Radio app for your iPhone, iPad, Android, and now Windows mobile device. And if you want to chat with me live, be sure and tune in to watch WDW Radio Live every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can be part of the show and talk with me about this week's Walt Disney World news and then stay in chat for a while thereafter. Also, I'd love to connect with you on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello and Facebook.com slash WDW Radio. If you want to send an email to be answered on the show, you can email me at Lou at WDWRadio.com or call the voicemail be heard on the air 407-900-9391. And in addition to connecting with you on social networks, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So visit the events page at WDWRadio.com for information about our next Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, our on-the-road events throughout the country, and our next cruise and e-ticket event 
this summer in August. Again, you can find it all at the events page over at www.radio.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. No matter what Disney destination you are going to, you get the best possible prices, all available discounts. Most importantly, an incredible level of personal service at no additional cost to you. And again, they are over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links and comment over on Facebook. And please come by, rate and review the show and the app over on iTunes. It is very, very helpful. Very much appreciated. And finally, and most importantly, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time to tune in every week and letting me share my passion for Disney with you through the show and so many other ways. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to do what you love every day, right? But you might have a fear of doing it because it's difficult. You have a fear of taking risks. And that's okay to be scared sometimes. Find the courage and the faith to face what seems difficult. It might not be easy, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. And whatever you're afraid of isn't nearly as scary as what you might miss out on if you give up and into your fear. So do what you love, have faith, and always keep moving forward. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week. So until next time, see ya.